So y'all know rainbows and me are like, mm, I could just hang out in the pot of gold all day long because I don't ever not see a rainbow anywhere I go. Physically, yes, because of an issue with an eye surgery I had, but also just spiritually. And today's guest, Sonia Hunter, has a similar scenario. God promised her something in a dark area of despair over the life of her child after, well, I won't give you away the story. It's so good. There's so much to it. And she writes a book called Unsurvivable. Even in the darkest storm, always look for your rainbow. Y'all, she prays over you. And in this specific book and in this specific episode, she shares how, how do you get past something so dark and how do you pursue his goodness in the midst of it? I pray that this blesses you. I pray that you, if you know someone who might be in the midst of something dark or a child or a loss or a grieving experience, that you would pass this on, maybe even gift them the book, unsurvivable.com. Again, it's the beautiful Sonia and her son, Connor. I just, I told him at older at the end that he's famous. So let us, let us know Connor and know his name and know his mama's story. And I'm honored truly uh, to have her on the show. And so I pray that it blesses you. It's a little bit of a different episode than usual. Definitely a lot more somber in many ways, but as a community of supporters, we support every walk and every experience and every element of exposure to the Lord. And he has revealed himself so much to her. So I pray he does the same to you as you listen. And remember, you can follow us, share. Uh, The more that you do, the more it blesses others. And we're already a global podcast, y'all. We're literally listened to across the world. (laughs) Oddly, number one in Pakistan for a while. (laughs) And so I'm to me. And so if you're over in foreign countries that I've yet to even put my feet on, bless you. God loves you. And I'm so excited for us to connect one day. And if you are interested, the sooner the better, let's get in person. I have so many in-person experiences. You can check it all out on the app. The Fit in Faith app is available on Apple and Google. So drop that now into your search bar and let's get connected more deeply. Love you guys. Thanks again, Sonia. Tune in. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress. And this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi. And so we do go there unscripted, no matter how far, wide, deep or high the there is. My desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Guys, we're here live and in action and I cannot find my screen. (laughs) We're hiding. Where are you? Sonia, my screen is literally here and nowhere. Can you see me? I can see you. (laughs) Guys, you know, this is the tech world. I was just telling Sonia, I have not been here 
for the last several days. This is the first time I'm in studio after being in Mexico. And literally, I, I have no idea where anything is on my device right now. I found you. Yay. Oh my gosh. You're literally hidden inside of 20,000 tabs. Can I get an amen from all the entrepreneurs in the world? <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't do the trailer to the show, but it's usually like a little jig and it gets us in the, in the mood, but I saw it go silent and I was like, here we go. So welcome. <laughs> to the Fit and Faith podcast and welcome to my new friend, Sonia, you guys, she is just a woman of, of great valor. And if you don't know what that word means, you're about to figure it out real quick um, as she shares her testimony with you. And I know it's going to meet so many um, broken hearts, but also those who are healing. And so I'd love to just jump right into that, Sonia. And I have so many questions to ask, but I wanted to just hear it firsthand versus reading it through the, the bio that I know of yours. Yes. Yes. So in um, 2006, my worst nightmare as a mother and a wife came true for me. Um, I was 29 years old and my husband had a car accident that claimed his life and our six-year-old son Adam's life and left our 19-month-old Connor with a spinal cord injury, high level, leaving him a quadriplegic and on a ventilator. And, you know, I wasn't giving much hope for Connor's life. Um, I was pushed pretty hard actually to let him go, but I just believed, you know, that that wasn't a survivable wreck and it's kind of the, how I got the name of my book, Unsurvivable, um, because everything we've been through has been unsurvivable, but we have survived it by the grace of God. And so that's kind of, kind of how my story came about, of course, with the, the book. So of course there's so, so much to our story along the way as well, but that's kind of the start of it. Yeah, which is a pretty, you know, I say catastrophic, catastrophic, but also hope filled, you know, start. I was even chatting with someone earlier and they were talking about the fact that they were at a memorial service for a life that had been lost and um, how the that life they were able to rejoice. And now I know that there is so much heartache when we lose someone, especially abruptly like that, and then struggling through saving the life of, of a child that's still left over with you there in that spiritual realm. I mean, um, what was going on with you physically for you to even be able to mentally process what was happening? You know, it was really tough because, you know, trying to grieve my husband, my other son and fighting to keep Connor alive. There was a lot going on kind of at that moment. And um, we were in the hospital for three and a half months before we actually got to come home. And we were at a children's hospital in Dallas, Texas, which is two hours from where we live. Um, but I do think that that probably was a good thing because I think that if I was close to home and I was having to come home to my memories immediately, I think it just would have been too much to bear. I can literally see the hand of God in the steps of everything through all this. But, um, you know, I couldn't I had to grieve in spurts. Of course, I couldn't bear grieving Chris and Adam at the same time. Um, and then I had to also focus on being a mom and, you know, doing everything I could to keep Connor alive because it really was fighting for his life because the doctors just didn't agree with my decision to move forward with his life because they didn't think he would have any kind of quality of life being a quadriplegic and on a ventilator. And, you know, part of my story, which my book cover has a rainbow on it, but I'll never forget having our family meeting with the doctors when they sat down to tell me the worst case scenario, which totally understand they've got to give all that to you. Um, 
And then whenever they told me, you know, that they thought I needed to let him go and they'd put him in my arms and just basically let me rock him to his death. I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way. And I'll never forget walking out of that room and just telling my parents I needed a minute. And I walked out into the ICU waiting room and one of my friends was in the waiting room with me. And then I called another friend on the phone just to tell him what, what they said. And I was just you know, crying my heart out to him to say, I just wish God would give me a sign that I'm making the right choice and I'm not being selfish because that's what I was told that I was being selfish to go on with this life. Mm. And I'll never forget the most beautiful rainbow at that very moment appeared over downtown Dallas. And I remember looking at my friend with me going, is this real? Am I dreaming this? And he was like, no, I think that's your sign that you're doing the right thing. And so from that moment forward, I knew I didn't know how we were going to manage this new normal life we had, but I knew that God had a plan and I just had to keep trusting him. And it's, you know, it's- oh, oh, like the, it just gives me chills, especially the part of you saying like, imagine holding your child to death, right? We rock our babies to life every day. And yes. so one that like just visual is, is, is trim, trembling, but simultaneous to that, having anyone tell a mom that she's being selfish in that scenario. Like that has me questioning so many things about humanity, right? Like I feel like a lot of people try to help a scenario go one direction, not with ill will. And I'm sure their intention wasn't ill will even towards you. It was out of protection or, or out of their own limiting belief of God's possibilities ultimately is what it really comes down to. Um, But it's, it's wild that, even in the midst that there was friends there, you know, it wasn't even necessarily your parents, um, yes. but that God's God's grace was right, fully present in front of you. Yes. I, it's, we have so many amazing stories along the way. And like I said, a lot of heartache. I'm not discrediting any oh, of that. Oh gosh, I can't imagine. But, you know, I just, just, you know, I tell people all the time, it's real funny. So we, we raised the boys up going to church, you know, before the accident happened. And, you know, we prayed with them at night when we tucked them into bed, you know, we did all those things. But I almost now looking back, it was almost like going through the motions where and it's hard to explain that to somebody until they go through a tragedy like I walked through. And then my relationship with God is just totally different now. It's more of like literally that that daughter father relationship that I thought I had before, but I truly didn't because in all honesty, he's all I had. I mean, he, that was the only hope I had to be able to survive what I was going through. And, you know, it's, I'm so thankful that I was brought up in a Christian family and that I had the support of my parents. I mean, you know, I can truly look back over all the years and literally see how God lined everything up perfect for this storm that was about to happen. It's just, it's truly amazing when you look back at that. And at the moment in the midst of that, I did not see that. I tell people that all the time. It was, you know, a year or two down the road that I'm like, wow, you know, this is. Yeah. I mean, I could only imagine that three months you're released and yes, there was favor in being able to grieve in that space away from home, but you eventually did have to go home. Yes. You eventually did have to walk through the the heartache and heartbreak of clearing rooms and, you know, doing things that you would never imagine having to do one as a mother, but also as a wife. And so fast forward us through like the rehabilitation of where Connor is now and, and how life then trans, you know, transformed in its new version. Yes. 
So, you know, of course, when I left the hospital, we have, and, and don't get me wrong, they, the doctors were amazing there. They kept Connor alive, even though um, actually the one in particular was not a Christian. We actually asked him if he believed in God and he told us no. But, you know, so they gave me no hope. In fact, they were like, you're just going to take him home, keep him, you know, in a dark room. Don't stimulate him too much. Just, you know, you just can't do much. There's no hope for this. And I'm like, I just don't believe that. You know, I was a little girl that sat at the table and was determined not to eat my food and, you know, was strong-willed. And my mom, I'm like, my mom used to get so frustrated with me. I'm like, look, that strong will paid off, though, down the road. <laughs> yes, it did for a whole new life. <laughs> yes. But um, so my sister actually had started doing research because I'm like, I just don't believe that this is like the end. There's nothing you can do for spinal cord injuries. And so I was too busy, you know, trying to have this new normal life. So she actually started doing research and she had found a place in Baltimore, Maryland called Kennedy Krieger Institute. And they're a part of Johns Hopkins. And so a year after the accident happened, we got him down there for a consult and um, it was unbelievable. I mean, they didn't, they don't give you false hope. I'm very careful to tell people that it's not like they were like, Oh, you're going to come here and he's going to walk away a walking miracle. But um, we now go um, twice a year, every six months for a two week outpatient stay. And they just do intensive rehabilitation with him, doing physical and occupational therapy. But then they also train us what to do, because clearly if you're just going to go twice a year, it's not going to help him much. And so he has regained movement. And we do know he has all full sensation throughout his body now. He's not a, it wasn't severed. And he can actually like move his arms, help him to roll over. He can actually be off the vent for a few hours a day. And he's just truly a miracle. I mean, clearly I would love for him to be up walking by any means, but you know, I was only given a year tops is what they told me he would survive, that he would have chronic pneumonia that would claim his life. And, you know, it's been 16 and a half years and he's never had pneumonia and he's still here. So Wow. Wow. And you had eventually uh, a new man come in to support and love and kind of fulfill a role that I'm sure was a void for him because for him, like mentally, was he able to process and grieve and go through that? Was he capable of, of having those same emotions that you did as a grieving wife and mom? Not, not really. I think because he was so little. So he, you know, he, he knew in the beginning, he knew something that's different, but now, I mean, you know, sure. Yeah. That's all he knows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. But, um, of course we have pictures up all over the house of Chris and Adam and we make sure he knows who they are. They'll never be forgotten, but the, yes, um, God brought an amazing man into my life. And it's funny because, you know, I truly thought I would never be able to move on because you know it wasn't like a divorce I still was in love with Chris and when Robin came into my life it was it was tough but he's such a great man that he stuck it out because I mean there were times where you know I felt like I was cheating on Chris I mean yeah, it was, wow. there was a lot of emotions that went through all that but he stuck around and God had a plan I mean I, I'd say all the time I think it's amazing because the second I was conceived God knew he was going to come into my life at the right time too and it's funny because my mom told me at the very beginning, she started praying that one day when my heart was ready, that God would send someone and I wouldn't close my heart off because she was really afraid of that. But, you know, he just, in fact, if you didn't know our story, like we, we travel a lot, we take Connor, we just go, we want him to see the world. 
And, you know, people who don't know our story, when we go places, they're like, oh, your little boy looks just like you. And it's funny because he kind of does. But, you know, I just, he has just stepped right in and he's got two boys of his own that are just like my own. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's an awesome blended family and you would, I mean, God is just good. I just don't even know what else to say there. And they all, I mean, Chris and Adam's a part of all of our lives, his boys, him. I mean, you know, it's just part of our life. So. Well, it's so neat to know that like the legacy of someone, you know, continues. Right. And we hear this, like, what does that look like when someone passes? And yes, you infuse it into your child, but more so than just the legacy of in a human from, from father or grandfather to child, same for moms. It's like, this is a legacy that's infused into generations that are not even connected or couldn't have been connected prior to. And now God has made a way for this to say, hey, this storyline matters more than just this one person's human experience here on earth. And I think that's the power of storytelling. I mean, even thinking through the concept of I'm survivable and how many of the people listening to this can raise their hand and be like, yeah, I've survived. I, I'm a survivor, right? I think of that song. I won't yes. break out. I could, but I won't. <laughs> um, but I'm survivable. It, it has this different element because it's a consistency. I'm yeah. a survivor feels finite. It feels like I, I did this thing and now I've overcome it. But Survivor Bull is, reminds me of mine. Um, kind of statement is always becoming that I'm not anywhere, right? Just like I've not just fully survived. Like I'm sure there's moments where even in positive triggers, things trigger you into memory and trigger you into happenstance and trigger you into grief. And so I just love that that statement. And I think that if we could all be a little bit more survivable, what it would do for humanity and empathy. Yes, I totally agree with that. Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms so of course come one day two day three day passes available as well and we cannot wait as Glenn and I say to hug your neck see you there so talk me through in in where you are now and the way that you have the book out and sharing that. Are you really leaning into the spinal cord injury realm? Like where do you find yourself serving the most and really having the most impact? Actually through all of it, because, you know, I one of the things that's funny because God had put it on my heart for years to write a book and I kept pushing it off. No, God, I'm not a writer. I can't do this, you know. And he kept throwing it back in my face. Yes, you can do this. I want you to do this. You've, you've got a powerful testimony that can help others. 
And so I finally just dug deep whenever COVID came down a hit because clearly we were all kind of locked down. So I decided, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And, you know, my, my heart is, is that I wish that when this happened, that I would have had something like this, that I could have read and seen, oh, wow, this person survived through this horrible tragedy. Because in all honesty, I lost my whole family that day because Connor, Connor's all the same, but God has blessed me tremendously through Connor's life the way he is. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, change anything about that as much as I would love to have him up walking, but I have, I have just been so transformed through Connor's life. So, but that's one of the big things is I just want to be able to help people through grief and all that as well. But the other thing is to, yes, from a spinal cord perspective, I have met so many parents along the way and maybe not even just spinal cord injuries, just parents of special needs kids that like they're scared to just get in the car and take their kids to the beach, you know, and do things like that because their comfort zone is their home. And that was one thing with Connor. I wanted to make life as normal as I could for him. You know, when we came home, they had already come in home health and transfer transformed his whole bedroom into a hospital room. And I was distraught by that. That was actually one of the first things I changed was the hospital beds leaving. We are going to find another bed and we're not going to, we're going to make life as normal as we can for him. And so part of that is in traveling too. I'm like, we're not going to just hoard up in the house. We're going to go places. He loves the beach. He loves to be at a beach. So we just do things like that. So I also have a heart for trying to help parents where I can give them ideas of, Hey, you just make sure you have this checklist of everything with you that you might need. Literally, we take the whole house when we go somewhere. But I bet. I bet. I don't know what you think. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's worth it. It's totally worth it. So, you know, I want, I just have a heart for that because I, I, it breaks my heart to see these special needs kids that don't get to get out and see the world just maybe because parents are unsure or scared, you know, because it can be done. So, well, I think there's an element too of like parents um, in any form or fashion when they go through a hardship with a, with a child, it's feeling like, are you feeling resentment or are you suppressing yes. right? all of these emotions that could be notable emotions, right? And emotions that make sense. Emotions that if you were to sit with a therapist, they're like, I don't blame you for that emotion. But right. I think when we hole up and, and COVID was a perfect example of this, when we hole up or we isolate into these things that no one's going to understand me, they're not going to treat my child this specific way. And so I'm not going to travel. I don't want to put them into harm's way. And I don't want to deal with all the stresses that come along with it. I, I mean, just traveling, just like I did with my child over borders or, or something in that regard. It is. There's a, there's a huge element of risk in anything that we do. Going to the grocery store, right? It, there's yes. a risk. But I think about how much power and how much strength there is in saying yes to still living life and how much that can actually transform not only his existence. Don't you think that yes. he's here for 16 and a half more years because he's seen life and yes. you've given him that gift? Yes. And, you know, it's it's funny because, unfortunately, he's since he was injured so young, he didn't have his vocabulary built up. Sure. So it's really hard to learn how to compensate talking over a ventilator, especially if you don't have your vocabulary. So he's he's nonverbal, but we actually he's I mean, 100 percent there. We have ways that we do things with his homeschooling, like we use flashcards and 
he blinks twice for yes and blinks once for no. So we, he has ways he communicates to us. It's just different. But I always say, you know, it's amazing, especially like our community, because they have just embraced him. And I said, it's just amazing how God has used him to touch so many lives. And he's not, he's never even spoken a word. And that truly is just amazing to me. And we'll never know on this side of heaven, you know, how many people Connor has truly touched and with his life. But I just, yeah, so we just, you know, that's my passion is just to be able to, to show people that even if you think your worst nightmare, which mine was, came true for me, you can still overcome anything with the power of God and the power of prayer. You truly can. Well, and you hear all the time, like the simple saying of actions speak louder than words. And it's the action of his resilience in the midst of it as well, because he's been fighting and yeah, yeah. you've been giving him the platform to fight in such a beautiful and generous way. And it's just, it's such a testimony to God's love in the sacrifice of the love that you've given as a mother. And so it's one of those things where I'm sure You've prayed a thousand times over more than you could possibly count for him and his comfort and and him to to keep being survivable. Um, but I know that there is a backing of massive armies for you to to maintain your sanity, maintain your security, maintain your even relationship with the Lord and trust in that. And so from um, I guess a self help or a self love or a personal development perspective. How do you safe harbor yourself in the midst of still serving someone else in such a huge capacity every single day? That's where I really have to get some alone time, which is tough because, I mean, I kind of tell people we we kind of run a 24-hour ICU with him being on a ventilator for sure out of our home. And I have a great support system, though. My parents are very involved along with our friends and, and all of our family. But um, I really have to figure out, I have to find time for me. Because when I get me time, then I can have time with the Lord. And sometimes that's hard to do. And, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it either because I'll be honest in the beginning. You know, I mean, I had all the whirlwind of emotions. I mean, I had jealousy. I went through a jealousy issue that God had my baby and I didn't, you know. And wow. and I think that God gives us all those feelings and those emotions. And I've asked why a million times and I probably will till the day I die. But, you know you can't stay there. You can't stay in that spot. I think it's okay that we have those questions and that we might be upset, but I think it's important that we, we know that and we don't stay in that season and we get out of that season because truly God's the only hope we do have. But I have so many people say, how are you never mad at God? I said, I had those feelings. I went through all those feelings, but I made sure I got out of those feelings as quick as I could because, you know, without God, I wouldn't be standing here today. I truly wouldn't. And without all the prayers that have right. gone for us. But well, and that's a miracle in and of itself is like your capability, like you having one child who is incapable physically and in so many ways, having lost two others and you're, you know, standing, walking, breathing in order to support and survive. Yes. And it's just that in and of itself is a miracle. And so I think through all of the people and, and the experiences that I've witnessed, I've had a friend who um, her husband was essentially had a brain tumor and she was a full-time caretaker for him for, for nearly eight years, I believe it was. And he was slowly, you know, 
debilitating and what it did to her home life, what it did to her, her life as a whole in, in general, even as a mother, because she had multiple children with him and watching somebody's life go away and, and deteriorate was, is just as traumatizing, but it happened so slow. So it was like all these questions that you're asking God about, like, when are you going to take this away and not really ever having a solidified answer. And so I think for you, it's like, there's no real solid answer, even in the what's next for Connor, but it's this, he's here. And what has transpired so far has been nothing but the grace of God. Like you said, touched so many countless people that you couldn't even count. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's truly only, I say that all the time. It's only by the grace of God that we're both here today. And that kid has such a fighting spirit. I mean, he loves to do therapy. We'll do three to four hours of intense therapy with him. And I get on the treadmill for 30 minutes. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And he, he's ready for more. He's like, give me more, throw it at me. I love that. He's a, he's that teenage firecracker. <laughs> That's incredible. Now from a socialization perspective with like your other children, does he come in because he has communicate and has that capability? Will he be in on family conversations or like things like that? Oh yeah. That's cool. He, he gets involved in everything. So I he, love that. Usually he just sits back and laughs at us all because it's always, it's always, yes. Well, I think like, even for me, when I was on my, I call it a second honeymoon, which sounds really weird. Like I got remarried. It was my same husband, 10 year (laughs) anniversary and renewal. So we went on a 10 day honeymoon and on it, I was processing like how often, especially as a podcaster, as a speaker, as a coach, like there will be days where I will literally talk out loud for nine hours straight wow. and to think through having to communicate without speech, what yeah. would that look like? What would I be? What could I do? What couldn't I be? And it gives you people such a different perspective of hope. And we know the power of listening. I can only imagine the wisdom that yeah. he has. And even you've learned as being quiet and sitting with him. Yes, absolutely. And well, you know, I am, I'm curious, as you say, like where you're going and how you anticipate to continue to serve the, the world. What does that look like? You know, that's all in God's hands. And that's, that's just what I pray. I'm like, God, you orchestrate our every move and wherever you place me is, where I want to be. So I just, you know, I just, I know we have a great testimony for him and I just, that's just my prayer every day is God, you just place us where we need to be placed for your, for your kingdom, because that's truly what this is all about. I feel like Connor was my mission field kind of, that's the way I kind of looked at it. Parent, for some reason, that was what God wanted me to do. And that's, he's been my mission field ever since the accident happened. And, you know, it's funny because people are, are like, you have such a great relationship with Connor. I'm like, it's because I have to, you know, we're together all the time. So it's totally different than it was before with my kids because, you know, you get busy and you have things going on and they can take care of themselves to an extent, you know, with playing and that kind of stuff when they're little. But I said, I have to help him play. We have to do all that. Of course, now he's a teenager, so we don't play now, but <laughs> we, play, we do have a way to play some video games. So we do that. Cool. Time, cool. 
Well, I am just, I'm in all of you from mother to mother in, in how you've sacrificed so much, but done it out of not a place of looking at it as a sacrifice. I can sense that about you, that even to, to perceive it as a mission field, it's just, it's in your nature. And I know that that was probably a sharpening season to be able to stand up and face that on a consistent basis, but look at God, right? Like, look at God. Exactly. It's exactly. so amazing. So I want people to get their hands on this book. I want you to be able to share how they can connect with you deeply or directly. I know we've got unsurvivablebook.com, unsurvivablebook.com. Uh, and you can get that on Amazon as well. And Facebook and Instagram, is that correct? Yes. Yep. Real Sonia Hunter, y'all. And I'm just so excited for you guys to get this. I've got to get my hands on it. I actually want to gift it to a couple of people that I think it would really um, serve. And I, if you guys have the same, when people are on the podcast, I think oftentimes in life were what's in it for me. And this might not be a direct connection to something you've walked through. It might not be a direct connection to something you'll ever walk through. But what about all the people you're connected to that it is, it's there every day. And so it's our job as kingdom builders to also connect and to serve through the way of connection. And you're such a resource to so many. And I'm excited to see people travel with their children who are deserving of getting their toes in the sand and experiencing one of my favorite things that God gifted us with, which is the beach as well. Yes. That's what I said. I was like, I was meant to be a beach baby. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> I come on. <laughs> come on, come on. We've got an amazing handicapped um, play area at our beach right oh, on the ocean front. Cool. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it's that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. We also have a really cool um, wakeboarding park for quadriplegics that oh, was wow. built here a few years ago. And they like, you rent it out for yourself and it's really amazing. Uh, so awesome. you'll have to look into it. Yeah. Know, Cause we don't have anything like that around us. So that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's right up the road. I've never actually seen it put to use cause I'm not in, I don't know anyone directly. I haven't been connected to it. So yes. we'll have to get in touch. And if you come in town, yes. I would be honored to come and support and yes. cheer him on. That would be awesome. He would love that. <laughs> so cool, Sonia. Is there any final words or just even a heartfelt prayer perhaps for the people listening who, who might've walked through a trial or tribulation similar to yours? Yes. Yeah. I would love to just pray. And if someone's listening that needs it, I would just, I would love that. God, we just thank you for this opportunity today, Lord. And Lord, thank you for letting me share my testimony. If there is someone out there right now, God, that's listening, that that truly needs your hand on them, I just pray, God, that you show them your love and your mercy and that they're open to letting you in to, to see that. God, we just, you're so amazing. You do, the power of prayer is just unbelievable. And you do still do miracles like you said you do. And God, we just we love you and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. So good. It was so good to meet you, Sonia. I'm so grateful to you. And please give Connor all the love. Tell him that he, I want to get a picture of him because I would love to be able to share um, in yes. a different way on social media. So if you want to send me either a family photo of him on the beach or something, that would be really special to me. Yes, I will email that to you. Or I guess it right. is email. just email it to the person. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's perfect. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us on Fit and Faith Podcast. And again, make sure you get unsurvivablebook.com. We'll see you soon. Thank you.
Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.